0: Hello, everybody. It's Marcy from WavesOfCommunication.com. This year, the theme on our platform is positive action. The information I provide is designed to equip and empower parents and caregivers to take at least one conscious, focused, positive action today toward helping your child shift from nonverbal communication into unprompted spoken language. There's no time like now to make the necessary changes you need to see the success that you want for the late talker in your life. So let's get started.
1: And I'm here with another video for you to give you some tips to help you with your late-talking child who might be older, and when I talk about older, I mean older than four or five years old, where they're getting to the age that maybe you've been told by professionals that your child never would use spoken language. There's a lot of research out there that says that children um, have a lot less chance of being able to use speech if they're not talking before they're four or five or six different different resources have different levels where they say but I call all the kids that I am talking about in all of my videos all the parents who have kids who are not talking yet your children are late talkers that means that they haven't figured out the processes in their brain to make it work to get them talking and that's what it takes really to become a talker you have to figure out how it works for yourself you have to have a reason to talk and you have to figure out how to understand how words work. You have to learn the vocabulary for your own liking, the the to meet the needs, the reasons that you're talking. And then you have to learn how that vocabulary works for you. So when you get an idea in your head, you figure out how to use language to share that idea with the world. That's what language is, right? And there are it's a big process to get through all of those hurdles. So even though most time most of the time, talking comes naturally to humans because we are all wired for spoken language. the If you've been told that your child is not wired or they're not set up for it, or they can't learn to talk, Maybe you might wanna consider the fact that maybe the method or methods, if you've used more than one that you have tried so far, haven't worked and you just haven't found the right method yet. So what I'm gonna use this video for is to share with you 10 of my favorite tips that I give to parents who are working with me in my programs, who have children who are older And who have been told by professionals at one point or another that their child won't talk. But the thing that is the same about all of these parents, and you even if you're watching this video, is that you know different. You know that your child has ideas inside. You know your child is smart. You know your child is good at problem solving. And you know that your child wants to talk. And you know this because they're already using nonverbal communication to share their ideas with you in some way or another. Because a super smart child, no matter how old they are, even the really little ones will try very, very hard with behaviors and nonverbal ways to get parents to understand them when they have their ideas, when they wanna share. So it, it doesn't change as your child gets older. The only thing that happens is their ideas get more sophisticated. They learn more language and understand what's going on around them because they are older. They're watching, they're listening, they're looking. And this is your chance right now, while you're home with your child, to be able to use the communication that they are already using right now to understand how to shift that communication into words because you know it's true. You want your child to talk, otherwise you wouldn't be watching this video. Your child wants to talk too because they're already non-verbally communicating. Maybe they don't know how to say words and they don't like it because the way that you've been teaching them, or other people, if you haven't been doing it, have been teaching them so far they haven't enjoyed or it hasn't been the right way. So. Let's get into these 10 tips while a few people are joining me live. And if you're watching live, say hello please, drop me a comment and tell me what you think and what you've been doing or or how you've been going along with your late talking child. I'm live every week on YouTube so you can always join me back if you ever wanna see me again. And if you're watching on the replay, please pay attention and give this video a like. If any of these 10, 10 tips are beneficial for you, take action with them. That's the most important thing that I wanna share with everybody who's watching this because you can listen and learn and watch videos and listen to my audiobook all the time, but the statistics show that most of the people who watch this video aren't gonna take action. You're gonna watch and you're gonna think, hmm, that might be a good idea, and then you'll go right back to what you're doing now. And if you have an older child, Listen, it's not working for you. That's why you're on the internet. That's why you're looking for new resources. And if you know somebody who has an older child and they are stuck too, please share this video with them. And I'm going into this little rant because it's really important for you to understand 23,000 people hit my website this month since the 23rd of March. I couldn't figure out why things were starting to break down on me and I realized so many people are looking for this information. I can't believe how many people, 23,000 people. Thank you, by the way, to everybody who has visited my website and checked out the information. And those of you who are watching this video, I'm sure it's because you found it through my website. And thank you for joining me. And thank you for taking action. Because all of the videos all across my platform are designed to help families. They're designed to help you take action right now. So there are things that you're gonna learn today that you're gonna be able to take action on, but they're not gonna help you unless you do the work. So let's get into it. Number one. Tip number one, if you have an older late talking child, that means that they're older than four or five years old and they're not using spoken language spontaneously. They might be using something else. They are using something else, but they might be using something else structured, like a picture system or a tablet system or sign language or gestures. They're using some kind of system that they've already set up in your house. Because if a child has been living with you and you've been caring for them for more than four or five years, and in many pa- cases, there's people watching me who have kids who are seven, eight, nine, and even in their teens, right? This is true for all older, late-talking kids. They have trained you to read them. They've trained you to understand their nonverbal communication. The systems, the sign language and picture cards, those things are helping them use whatever else they're using non-verbally, pointing gestures, demonstrating stuff. They're helping you guess what they want more accurately because their ideas are more sophisticated as they're older and they're learning more vocabulary to tell you about the things that they can't physically show you. That's always why older kids move into nonverbal communication systems. So the first thing is understand that those communication systems already exist and you are going to be changing your child's primary communication, which is a big deal. This is a lifestyle change. This is like we always communicated this way ever since birth, and now we're communicating in a new way. It's like everyone in your household speaking a new language, because in fact, Your child is not a spoken language communicator. If they're limited verbal, even if they're using only needs-based language, they're still not an English or whatever language you're teaching. If you're listening in English, your English language speaker, they are using those words as behaviors and augmented that's why they call it augmentative communication. They augment their speech or their behaviors with speech or behaviors. They The two systems support each other, but they are both nonverbal ways to assist someone else to understand a person's message. That's what communication is. We want people to understand us and we need to help them understand us. Language is the easiest way. So all kids wanna use what's easy. We don't wanna use what's challenging and they're going to be stuck using what is easy for them now the thing you need to do is understand you can't force a new communication system onto your child as speech. You can't start to watch these videos and go, okay, in 10 tips, I'm gonna get my kid talking. No, this is language facilitation where we facilitate the natural speech. That's why I talked about it at the beginning of this video. That's how we facilitate the natural speech to come out on its own. All of the developmental systems have to come into play in order for language to work. So the first thing you need to do, the first tip is to understand you're not going to force this. You're facilitating it to come out on its own. So any expectations you have of your child talking in any time frame should go out the window because you're just going to be celebrating what comes out and facilitating that to happen. Now, the, so that's really a pre and the first, tip to make it happen, to get it on the way, to actually facilitate it is number one. Make sure your child is regulated. And this is before you're starting to facilitate any kind of talking at all. Their sensory needs need to be met. If they're hungry, if they're thirsty, if they don't like their uh, temperature around them, if the it's too loud, if it's too quiet, if it's too bright, if it's too dark, if it's too anything that is causing your child to be unregulated, They're not going to be able to listen and learn language at all from anybody. So think about how much time during the day your child spends being unregulated, where they are fidgety, where they are needing to stim. If they are stimming and calm, that's one thing. But if they are anxious and seeking stimulation, that's not a child who's regulated. A child who is seeking is not a child who's satisfied. That's another way to think about regulated is satisfied. Is your child happy to be in whatever situation they're in. Are they enjoying life or are they in a perpetual state of anxiety where they are looking for something to feel better? If that is the case, number one, you have to take care of that. Use your OT things. Use movement. If your child is only regulated when they're moving, allow them movement. If they're only regulated when they're biting and chewing on things, give them something to bite and chew on. If they're only regulated when they're hearing music, play a lot of music. And you'll want to have these sensory experiences that you know your child needs to keep them regulated before. Or you can do any kind of talking. Older kids, and the reason this is more important, it's important for all stages and all ages of kids, this number one tip. However, it's more important for older children because the they have more problem-solving ability to resist anything that causes them to feel unregulated. So they will avoid, they will craftily avoid, they will use all their smarts to get out of anything that causes them to feel uneasy, unhappy, unsafe, bored, lonely, pressured, anxious, they know that certain activities, inputs, situations, whatever, It might be a TV show, it might be a clothing item, it might be a room, it might be a person sets off your child and causes their regulation system to be off kilter. These are the things that you need to focus on first. That's why all parents with kids who are on the spectrum, they start with OT because the OT's job is to help you if you have a sensory diet. If you don't have a sensory diet and your child is unregulated, that's when you need to be having a session with your OT to get a sensory diet for your child. They'll ask you questions. They'll figure it out. They'll help you get the sensory needs. And if you have a sensory diet and or your child had one at school, get that thing out and start to introduce regular sensory experiences so that your child is regulated more time of the day than not. I tell the clients in my system that it's like a tipping point. This regulation is a very tiny point. And if you provide too much stimulation of one kind or another, that whole balance gets out of whack. And whenever this is the only time when things are all balanced and regulated, that's the only time that kids will move forward and learn. So this number one tip, you've got to get them regulated and keep them regulated. That's where um, parents are finding new speeches emerging in kids who they're using biomedical in, in, um, in stuff for because the biomedical is regulating their gut. It's regulating their um, it's mostly their gut, really, because it's all stuff that they're eating, you know, supplements that kids are taking inside. It's regulating their gut and their brain is more regulated because their gut is more regulated and speech is coming spontaneously right? So that's why this number one tip is so important. If it is sensory experiences, if it's biomed, if it's um, whatever you are using, I mean, those are the only two that I know because they're sensory input. It's a sensory problem. You have to get those needs met. If your child has a gut issue, if they're having other behaviors and biomedical is working for you in one way or another, then their diet and their gut is the way to go. But this is just the first step. Getting them regulated is the first step. So you do that first. And then number two is reach and teach. Um, I have a whole video to describe the whole process, but in a nutshell, it is Once your child is regulated, satisfied, feeling good, doing what they love, and happy about it, even if they're not interacting with you, if they are by themselves and they are regulated, you watch them. You see what do they love to do in those moments that they're regulated, not the stuff they're seeking to get regulated. That's also helpful. But a lot of times with older kids, that's what the practitioners will use. They will use the regulation things as their child's motivators and and when it becomes you're needing it's it's almost like it causes the addiction because you can't get it while you have to work so you can never focus on the work you're too busy working worrying about the thing that you don't get the thing that you can't have right when you're trying to work and you don't like your work And that's why people will use these sensory experiences as rewards, but that's not it. You have to give it to your child anyway. They have to be regulated before you try. And then when they are regulated, you watch them and you see what do they like to do? Because when they're regulated, that's when their intuition, their creativity, their curiosity can take effect because they're balanced. And the things that they are interested in, excited about, curious to know, they're going to gravitate toward and do those things. If something is presented to them while they are in this balanced state, they're going to be more receptive to it. So you're going to reach them where they are by watching them. And either joining them, if they allow you to join them while they stay regulated, because as soon as you introduce something that puts that can, that balance off, <clears throat> then you're back to number one and you've got to get them regulated before you start. So if they allow you in their space and you're able to keep them regulated and interested and focused and curious about what you're doing, then you're always going to be successful. But if you push forward to try to teach until you reach your child, you have to reach them first before you can teach them. If you try to teach them before you reach them, you'll fail all over again. And I know that if you're watching this and your child is older, you have tried a lot of stuff that has failed, that you have tried, that didn't work, that you've tried again, that didn't work, and you keep trying those things. After some point, you have to realize that, those things aren't working and you have to do something different. Even if it seems counterintuitive, like we used to have to work very hard and this is not very hard. I used to try to push in and force myself into my child's space to get them where they were and teach them something. And now I'm going to hold back and watch them and let them invite me in. Like I said, the strategies are all in a video called Reach and Teach Your Child. Search for it on my YouTube Channel, and you can find it. All right. So, the third strategy once you get them regulated and you reach them so that they're enjoying yourself, you want to notice this important thing. Also, the time when your child is independently getting things or when they're asking you for something, when they are initiating communication or they're wanting to do something on their own, observing them, you want to notice what are their problem solving and communication methods. What is this nonverbal communication that your child has set up in your house? What does that look like? Is it gestures? Are they just waiting till you leave the room and climbing the cabinet? Are, because you'll see patterns, you see. You have to notice your child, what are they using on a regular basis to get their needs met and communicate their ideas to you. Notice what those things are, write them down. You might have to observe your child for a couple of weeks. In my program, I watch video. And in my independent study, I have parents record themselves with their kids and watch that video so that you can observe and see. This is what a therapist would have to do play with your child, watch you play with your child and observe what are they using now? What do they know? Instead of trying to test them to find out, do they know what you think they know? Watch them and find out what they know on their own. What have they figured out? Have they figured out how to get into things, get out of things? Um, Because they have, if they want it bad enough, they will learn how and write and make a note of those problem solving things because those things that your child has created, that holds the key to the language they need and want. The things that they are seeking out and trying to do, that's what they ultimately want to be able to talk about. No, thank you, I don't want that, I want this other thing or I really wanted that other thing or listen, I just thought of this cool idea based on what I saw on TV last week. Your kids have all those ideas going on in their head and they don't know how to use language to communicate it. And if you've given them some other kind of system that you're doubling down on, like if they come to you and they're using a verbal and you're trying to get them to say words, give it up. It's not going to stick. Your child's not gonna keep it long-term. Once they get past four years old, They're not going to develop a communication system based on somebody else's needs. They're only going to want to communicate what's in their own head. They will say words and do things because they will get rewards for them. And they'll keep doing it and they might get compliance or not compliant. Depends on if they like it or not. But unless you are facilitating them, giving them the words that they want, they're not going to talk on their own ever. They're only gonna use those words when they're told, just like you're teaching them to use them when they're told, all right? So you wanna watch how are they using whatever they're using to communicate when they're not guided, when they're on their own, what system did they develop, right? And so that's number four is what is their go to communication when they are upset what comes out? When they want something so bad they can't hold it in, what comes out? Is it a scream? Is it a point? Is it a throw yourself on the floor? Is it a picture, a point? What is it that is their go-to language? Because that's where they're stuck and you have to help them connect. Whatever you're going to teach them must connect to that thing. That's why the tablet systems um, data shows that kids will, once they learn and they start to hear talking, then they start to say words. Um, Yeah, it's because they don't want to deal with the machine anymore. They they don't want to have to go through five levels to say the thing that they want to say. Once they learn that that phrase, I want whatever, works, they don't have to push the I want button anymore because they learn I want fill in the blank works for whatever. They don't have to hear the computer say it anymore because they heard it enough times. They know that it triggers them to get what they want and that's how they learn to say it. But with language facilitation, it kind of works the same way, except instead of hearing the same thing over and over and over that comes out of a box, they're going to hear what they want to say not what someone else told them to say prompt them to say or that is appropriate for the situation no it's what they want to say the words that are inside of them so when you're watching your child and you're seeing them use their go-to communication if in your house I promise you it's not their tablet when they are upset or frustrated they're not running to get the tablet come back to say I am feeling very frustrated right now if you're watching this video That's not happening. How is your child telling you that they are very frustrated right now? It's not going to be with the tablet, not unless you cue them to tell you, because if they're already that sophisticated with language, you're not going to see that behavior. You're not going to have that frustration. The frustration exists. That's why you got to mold it, right? That's why you got to do something else. So when your child is showing any of that other spontaneous, their go-to communication, you have to give them the words that they want for that. So if they are upset and frustrated, you have to give them, wow, you are so mad. I know that you are mad and you want me to help you because that's what that language means. If your child is sneaking behind your back to go and get food in the kitchen and you show up, oh, I see that you have been sneaky because you did didn't know how to ask mommy, you know, that's why they're sneaking. If it's something that they could have, it's something that they can't have. You haven't explained to them enough that they can't have it. And they don't have any kind of consequence for taking that thing anyway. I mean, you haven't taught any of that. That's why it happens. Kids are self-serving. They're going to be getting what they want their way, one way or another. You as a parent need to use that. You need to use whatever they are craftily trying to communicate. Even if they're not communicating it to you, they're communicating it to the world. I'm hungry for ice cream now, and I'm eating ice cream. And it happens somehow, if they didn't ask you. They still got the idea. Hmm. I'm hungry. Hmm. I want ice cream. Hmm. The ice cream's in the freezer. Hmm. I can ask mom to get the ice cream or I can try to get the ice cream on my own. I think I'm better off trying to get the ice cream on my own. How am I going to get it? I have to go grab a stool and pull it over. Yep. I can reach the, I mean, they, all of that process is going on in your child's head, right? They are going through the process. How am I going to get ice cream from the time that they thought in their head, ping, I want to eat ice cream. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to problem solve it. When you change that language and you put it into words that they can understand, wow, they will listen to you then because that's the stuff that they've been trying to communicate to everybody. I'm hungry for ice cream. I wish ice cream would arrive. And when they just can't think it into being, they take action to make it happen. That action is the words that they want to say. That's how you do it. You feed them the words that they want. You want ice cream now. You didn't want to wait for mommy. You climbed. Wow, you are smart. You found a way to get it yourself right? Because that's what they're thinking. And you might be angry that they climbed and got the, got the ice cream themselves. And you could be saying something a whole lot different. I can't believe you got that ice cream. You did it yourself. Oh no, that's bad. Blah, 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 blah. That's not the words that your child wants to hear. If you want your child to not do that again and use words to ask you the next time they get the idea in their head that they want ice cream, you have to teach them that whole process. From the beginning to the end by showing them the words, giving them, feeding them the words that they want to say. Because I promise you, they're enjoying that ice cream a lot more than listening to you be angry about the fact that they got it. They don't care. They don't care. They're all about themselves. That's what kids are, right? All right. So that was number five is feed them the words they want. Number six is use fun language. So the words that you feed them can't be boring. You want to eat ice cream now. Ice cream is yummy. Yummy ice cream. Say yummy ice cream. That's not what I mean about feeding the words they want. I mean fun words. You're feeding them the words they want without expectation for them to say them by demonstrating what they would say next time. Hey, Ice cream sounds good. I want ice cream. Yesterday it made my tummy feel yummy and I want to have it again. Maybe mommy will give me a big bowl of ice cream. I hope she gives me chocolate, right? That's what your child's thinking. I mean, that's what most kids are thinking. And if you know your child, you know what they are thinking. That's the language I'm talking about. It's real language that kids think. Kid language that's appropriate for their age right you don't want to ever just give them words that you think they should say that's why a lot of parents are like i don't know what to say it's because you're thinking too hard about it just tell them the words that you think they want you know oh what's he thinking when well, he's thinking you're annoying me right now say it out loud because if he's thinking it then he wants the words to say you're annoying me right now how empowering for a 12 year old child to say, You're annoying me right now. Most of life annoys them. They're adolescents. That happens, right? Especially if they've got regulation issues and they're nonverbal and people talk down to them like they're babies all the time, right? These are older kids. That's the other thing. It has to be age appropriate, fun language for them. And you have to notice here's number seven notice they're talking. Notice what they are doing. What are they saying? Is it echolalia from shows that they're watching? And what are the words that they're saying? Are they the same questions that you're asking them? Are they saying back to you? Are they singing? Are they, is it just gobbledygook with occasional words coming out? Is it a whole bunch of part words? uh, 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 You know, like that kind of stuff. What is coming out? Of them, And the reason that you want to really pay attention to what speech is coming out of your child is because that's what lets you know what's going in. Because if your child is trying to say words, they're going to say the things that they have clearly heard and processed with their brain. They can't say anything else. They can only say what they have heard and processed. So if what's coming out is only part words or unintelligible words or words that don't make sense or things are mixed up, that's how language is going in. So it's very important that you listen to what's coming out with your child from your child and you always recast that into what you think they are trying to say, not what you think they should be saying, what they are trying to say. And you can even tell them, oh, you're trying to say blah, 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 blah. Or you ask them a question. Did you say blah, 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 blah? Did you say I want chocolate chip cookies with macadamia? You know, I slowed it down because it was a big long word. And many kids who are older lay talkers know a lot of big words. Dinosaur, names and Pokemon names and all kinds of things that are super long and obscure that you can't guess, right? Without knowing some more details about that, you can't help your child teach all of them. So that's where that whole reach and teach. Know what your child is talking about so that you can give them the words that they want to say, right? Fun language. Notice they're talking. And then number eight, like I said, is talk slow enough that you know they are processing every sound in every word that you say and you don't have to be annoying and boring all the time remember these are fun words come on guys let's go out to jump on the trampoline you can say fun things that are attractive to your child with slow speech you can't do it all day every day you do it when you know you need them to listen that's where all the families in my program are doing it They pick certain times to use this careful talking when it's very attractive to their kids. And when they use this talking during this attractive time, then all those words that they missed that caused their speech to be gobbled up or broken or parts of words, now they're hearing more carefully. They're listening more carefully because you're speaking more carefully and what you're saying is not boring or dry. It's exactly what they want to hear. That's why they're excited and listening now because even though before they were turned off, now they can't help but listen to you because you're talking. You've reached them where they are. You've got them all regulated and you're talking about things that they love. They're gonna pay attention, right? So you talk slow enough right? And you don't talk down to your child. Number nine is you never talk down. You always talk at or above your child's level. If you think that even if they're only using single words, a lot of single words mean really long phrases. Like, you know, if you are giving your child a cookie, like they had to work really hard to get a cookie or, you know, like you baked these cookies together and you're finally eating the finished cookie. And your child says, cookie, cookie. It's only one word, but they're talking about How cool it is that we made this cookie and this cookie is delicious and oh, it's too hot or I don't like it or it's too crunchy. All that stuff is going on in an older child's head when they're saying cookie, cookie, cookie. And you have to intuitively look at the whole situation to use conversational language in those moments. It's not a request, they've got the cookie, they're enjoying the cookie, they want to have share that experience of enjoying the cookie with you. That's why they're saying cookie, not to get another one, not, you know, they're saying, they might be saying, thank you. It's probably partly gratitude, love. Thanks for this cookie. So that's the language you model after your child gets it. If they're only using a single word, you don't talk down. You got a cookie, good job. You did your thing and you got your cookie. They know that. They know they got it. They want to talk about it and why they got it and what's so cool about it, especially an older child. They've learned all the nouns. They don't know how to put them together into language. That's why they only say a noun and you expand their language to include the things they wanna talk about, not the things you talk about. Cookie is a food and cookie is round and what other things can we think of to eat, right? Because that takes away from the conversation of, hey, we baked cookies today and aren't they yummy and maybe we'll get fat and eat a bunch of cookies. I mean, that's why you bake cookies, right? (laughs) Not to, yes, it is a language facilitation activity if you structure it that way, but that's not why. And your child shouldn't believe that every single thing you do in your life gets getting dressed, baking cookies, eating food, driving in the car is a work, right? But when you're prompting them language through all of those things, it is, it seems like work. It doesn't seem like fun. So <clears throat> your talking should should shift over from that work kind of prompting kind of talking where you have expectation for your child to say what you want them to say. And you shift it over and you talk about the things that they want to say, that you think, that you see, that you observe them wanting to do or say or share. You provide them with the language for that, right? And then number 10, tip number 10 for facilitating language with older kids is to use um, celebration for gratitude for every single try that your child has, even if they're saying echolalic stuff in the other room. Hey, I hear you in there talking. You're practicing talking. I love to hear you talking. Thank you so much for practicing talking. Every time your child tries to open their mouth or imitate or give it a go, because that's how they're gonna start with their language. It might sound like imitation at first with the little kids, but the older kids, they talk when they want to, period, end of. When they're excited, when that's when it pops out, when they're so excited they can't stop themselves. But in in response to a prompt, After this four year old stage, you might as well forget it. And that's why so many people shift kids at that stage over to nonverbal communication systems because they stop being able to imitate and say words when you want them to because it's boring and it's un and they've already, already taught them all those words. They don't know how to use language. So you can teach your older lay talking child how to shift from whatever nonverbal communication system they are using, and they're using something, even if it's not structured. But if it is structured, I promise you it's not all they're using. Even if they're using RPM to spell out everything that every idea they have, they are still using behaviors in the middle of the night when they have a bad dream, when they fall down and skin their knee. They're not running over to grab a letter board to point something out, unless they are firmly stuck in that as their go-to nonverbal communication. But most of the time, it's not that way. These systems are a crutch to help kids make a transition from behaviors that people don't like to see into behaviors that people do like to see, which is instead of screaming, they hand you a picture to get what they want. And that's nicer but it still is behavior. And if you've been doing this for a while and your child is four or five or six years old and they've been in this exchange-based teaching for all that time and you're still not getting talking, it is time to realize why that is. And it is because those methods do not teach the conversational language. Nobody's teaching the conversational language unless you do the tips that I talked about in this video. And when you do the tips that I talked about in this video, you will see spontaneous spoken language as long as you don't go back to pressure and prompting and expectations for your kids to say the things that you want. That's the trick. You have to give it up. You have to change your mindset so your child will change their mindset. But they're trying their best to communicate with you using the systems that they have. They are trying, okay? Even if it seems like they never want to communicate with you, you have to figure out why that is. And I promise you, when you make things more fun and you take away expectations and you initiate and take action to teach your child to talk, then you can do it. And it doesn't matter how old they are, it doesn't matter why they're late talking. In my program, kids with brain disorders, agenesis, corpus callosum, kids with severe autism, kids with apraxia, kids with older kids, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 15 years old, their parents saw improved spontaneous speech when they used these tips that I just gave you to change things around and do something in a new way, language facilitation. So... That's what I have going on. I'm not seeing any questions today on this Q&A. So I'm going to go ahead and just let you know that, listen, you can do this. It doesn't matter how old your child or what's going on. You can learn the process. And if you want to know exactly step-by-step how to do it, there's a few ways to find out. Number one, you can go over to my playlist called Get Started with Language Facilitation here. That Reach and Teach video is in there. The Language Facilitation talk is in there. Get started. Get trying. And if you have an older child, you'll probably be able to see some progress just with the free videos in that playlist, okay? You can watch all of them you want for free right now. And then if you want to... Um, invest in learning how the process goes. If you want to listen or read it, you can get my book on Amazon. It's called If It Isn't Fun, It Isn't Fun, Teach Your Child to Talk Faster Than Speech Therapy. It um, goes through the whole process. So the book is available on Amazon and Audible, right? really cheap. If you want more detail and you want to have listen to me, explain it on slides, have worksheets, um, you know to do your own video analysis, create your own plan, reach and teach, facilitation talk, conversational language, bilingual language, social skills. you want to get the whole training through all of that. That's in the language facilitation basics online course which right now is on sale for only 100 bucks. It's usually $500. It's worth thousands more because it teaches you, if you're an independent learner, it teaches you how to do what parents who work with me in my program get for $2,000. So for a hundred bucks, you can get the training, step-by-step training as an independent study course for $100 right now on my website, wavesofcommunication.com. Links in the description. You can do it. And if you don't like to learn independently. You don't, know what to do, you're stuck, too stuck, you uh, just need guidance and you want to invest in coaching, you can work with me and I'll tell you how to do the whole process. And that's also on my website, wavesofcommunication.com. You can schedule a call and talk to me. Um, If you're interested in coaching, I'll tell you exactly how it'll work. There's no bones about it. But I promise you in my coaching programs, just like my book and my independent study, there is no guarantee of success. Because like I said at the beginning of this video, I know that the majority of the people who watch this, And hundreds of people will watch this video over the years. And you might not be watching it in 2020. You might be watching it in 2025. And you're still going to not want to take action with your child because you're stuck in whatever nonverbal communication systems are happening. Hopefully by 2025, we won't have systems in place that keep families stuck like we do right now. And those systems are breaking down as we speak. There is no therapy. There is no ABA. There is nothing like it used to be. It's just coaching now. And if you're working with someone who can teach you how to do these tips with your child, that's what you need, okay? You need to figure out how to do it on your own. Otherwise, you'll remain stuck. And I'm here to help you. That's why I do these videos, okay? I'm here to help you (laughs) find your child's speech. And I'm just gonna keep doing it because that's what I do. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today on this video. Please look at all the resources I have on my page. Facebook as well. I'm over there with a blog every single day. Join my group so you can learn how to do this and connect with me on these Q&As. So there's no reason, zero reason for you to not be able to see improvement with your child. There's zero reason. You can do it. If you try, if you work hard enough, I promise. Families all over the world are doing it. I know that it works and you can do it too.
0: Thanks everybody for tuning in today. I hope this content has inspired you to create your own positive language facilitation action plan for this week. If you enjoyed this broadcast, you're in luck. There are tons of resources across our Waves of Communication platform, all designed to help you teach your child to talk. There are more than 350 free videos on our YouTube channel a daily blog on Facebook with opportunities for live Q&A, my book, If It Isn't Fun, It Isn't Fun, available on Amazon, and my coaching programs, including a free 90-minute introductory class. Learn about everything we do for language facilitators on our website, wavesofcommunication.com. If you benefited today, please consider subscribing to the channel and sharing the resource with others. This little exchange is free for you and really helps us grow the platform to reach more parents and caregivers around the world. I'll be back next week with more information and strategies to help you continue on your language facilitation journey. This is Marcy Melzer, intuitive speech and language pathologist, saying bye for now.